0: Welcome to the Taking It Outside podcast from Spring Hill Outfitters, the show that connects you with the outdoors, with experts on guns, archery, cooking, outdoor gear, and more. Here's your host, Trent Lassiter. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Taking It Outside. Historically, inside Spring Hill Outfitters, but tonight we're coming to you from green wing hunt camp the first episode ever recorded here at green wing hunt camp in swan quarter outside of swan quarter in hyde county north carolina we're excited to be here to bring you another episode this is we're in the heart of duck season the final countdown of duck season here at green wing hunt camp in eastern north carolina and we've got just an awesome lineup of guests tonight who i'll introduce here in just a second uh and we're just happy to be here We've been duck hunting the last few weeks all over, and uh, we're back home now to end up the season here in, uh, in our home base in eastern North Carolina. Of course, Find Us podcast is always on all major podcast platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever, it doesn't matter. You can find Taking It Outside. Find us on YouTube by searching for Taking It Outside. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Spring Hill Outfitters. You can find us springhilloutfitters.com. And uh, this is season two, episode thirty six. I think it is. Episode 36, we We're on the. We may do one more after this one just to kind of recap uh, the final days of duck season, but we could not turn down the opportunity to bring the podcast gear down to Hyde County for the first time, and, and this is the last week in a duck season here in North Carolina, and uh, we've been in Kansas, and now uh, we're here in Hyde County, and uh, wanted to bring an episode to you, so season two, episode 36. Had some great episodes the last few weeks. Of course, we were in Kansas. We uh, did a couple episodes down at Claythorne Lodge with Parnell Outdoors. Had a great time down there. Uh, these guys are reckless. I'm sorry. They're going to be... It's going to be a fun episode. Uh, is that what you call that? Reckless? Uh, reckless. Yeah. I don't know if you spell that with an R-E or a W R E, but pretty uh, sure there's a K. So, you know, there's like, a K and a C. But, uh, no, uh, some great episodes the last few weeks. Uh, Spring Hill Outfitters, of course, we sell all kinds of outdoor gear. But duck season is our favorite season of the year. And we're unfortunately winding down. Uh, we got a few days left and we're here in... Hyde County to end up the great duck season that we've had this year. Uh, always thank Joe Gilley, and it's very, uh, we're very lucky and fortunate to have uh, the man himself in the room tonight. He is here. If anything goes wrong tonight during this podcast, by all means, it's his fault. Do not blame us. The man is here, so he uh, has all control over what we do here. And uh, I thought I muted the TV, but I guess I didn't mute the TV. It may come back on, but uh, I do hear it now. Joe Gilley, thanks to Joe Gilley Productions for all the work that he does behind the scenes. Uh, Joe Gilley down in Hyde County. We've got kind of like – so you know how like I, – I grew up playing Little League Baseball. And, you know, like in Little League, the last – at the end of the season, you had like the All-Star Game, right? Mm-hmm. So the All-Star Game – Uh, the all-star game just cut it off if you need to I don't know what's going on with it Uh, there you go Uh, so we had the all-star game was the end of the season and I feel like being the last Saturday of the season we have assembled the all-star game of duck hunting that's how i feel we have a a lot of great guys we have friends of ours from the industry here we have old friends we have new friends we have family we have old uh just uh, acquaintances and new acquaintances and it's, it's really been a fun couple of days here in hyde county uh it's been a fun week earlier we were in kansas of course now we're in hyde and just a great group of guys we've assembled here and uh, we've got some uh, I mentioned Joe Gilly of course Joe Gilly Productions he's here and we've got a couple of sales reps of ours uh, Mr. Kyle Bond and Mr. Chandler uh, Turlington in uh, hyde county tonight and uh josh marks and my dad and east coast waterfowl's coming tomorrow and just so this is it's gonna be a great weekend but tonight uh we are here we just ate a delicious dinner we'll talk more about in just a second uh after i introduce these guests uh we'll start on my uh far right your left here you've seen him before on taking it outside uh we've been together uh a lot this week actually he was in kansas with us and now he's made his way back from kansas and he still won't leave i try to get him i try to shake him and uh, i was
1: i was i was i was gonna leave i and, took a ride
0: right yeah. and he followed me and here we are going. in Hyde county going. uh mr uh anthony from complete outdoors that's right baby And uh, he resides in uh, Alaska and Canada and Mississippi and North Carolina and Moorhead and Raleigh and and all over the whole United (laughs) States, I feel like. That's me. But we're happy to have him join us for another episode tonight. And uh, he kind of halfway put together this whole crowd that we have assembled here. He was kind of responsible for these uh, friends that we have gathered here, which I'm going to let our second guest, which is a really, really uh, special guest, we're happy to have here for the first time in... Hyde County. First time in Hyde County. That's great. Yes, sir. Uh, first time, of course, at Green Wing Hunt Camp. And uh, I am—I was instructed to introduce him as the chef because I couldn't pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> We're from North Carolina, and they're from Louisiana. And the way we pronounce words up in North Carolina, you know, I have a hard – I actually deleted Siri on my Apple phone because Siri and I, we, they just – we couldn't – so my accent, you know, so I, I did away with Siri, but uh, the chef.
1: There's a redneck version of Siri. It's got stuff it. like Ewan's all y'all and all y'all that stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, is that really? Uh, uh, maybe I not. I, just,
2: he's he's I like Somebody needs lying. to create it. That, That's what I'm but, saying. Hey, patent cut, cut. We're going to start recreating
0: this. Yeah, patent, patent, right now. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce myself because of my accent. Uh, I, I was told to say the famous uh, world-renowned Emmy Award winning uh, Hell's Kitchen Season 3 uh, winner uh, Chef from Louisiana Go ahead. You
2: can do it You can do Except it Jean-Paul There it is Jean-Paul Boudreaux. Jean And just for the record I've never won an Emmy Or Have won a Hell's But that's alright Hell's Kitchen I mean I, I like, like Hell's Kitchen good, Hell's Yeah no it sounded great I'm, I'm all about it Trent Jean 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 Paul, you know what? I, you know Trent, you, Trent and I just met like a couple hours ago, bro, yeah, But What I really like
0: about Trent is he yeah. showed up with a toothpick in his mouth. That's, Anybody that watches taking it outside or knows me, personally and I said, knows, yeah, yeah. Knows. Uh, actually, I'm going to tell you a really quick while you're on that subject. Uh, we were at ATA with a few friends of mine. That we're here Actually Josh Marks is here Hang on in front of my pocket Here And Matt he's been He's he's had that toothpick In his mouth For mm, a couple so hours That's a commitment uh, really. uh, St. Elmo's Is a great steak This is not St. Elmo's did not sponsor This episode uh, But St. Elmo's Is a great steak restaurant In Indianapolis We were at ATA A couple of weeks ago <laughs> And they're known For their toothpicks And I was there A couple of years ago And I uh, They're yeah, really You'll spot me actually, a toothpick They'll ball. last you For like three days I can get like three days <laughs> I want to It's the craziest thing mm. i just until like Tuesday next week I don't I, know what kind of I wood promise it is. Not to pick my teeth on uh, this podcast. I'm I'm in front of famous like since 1902. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, a lot uh, to are made in Taiwan. That's why. Anyway, uh <laughs> we're excited to have this crowd together tonight. We're going to we just had a delicious meal and uh we're in Hyde County. We're going to kill ducks tomorrow. Morning. And we're going to talk all things cooking and all things duck hunting and all Mm -hmm. things outdoors. And that's what we're here for, taking it outside. We love uh, doing just that, taking it outside. And uh, very fortunate to have this new group of friends that have come together for this hunt. And, uh, you know, we spent the last few days in Kansas and uh, we, we shot a few ducks. But the best part of the whole trip, honestly, was the fellowship and the camaraderie. And fellowship is my key word. I say that a lot on Spring Hill Outfitters and uh, fellowship. It's all about fellowship, and we've done that a lot so far tonight. And I'm sure we're going to do it some more tonight and tomorrow, too. But uh, I want you to get to know some of these guests. You met Anthony uh, before. I'll let him go over some of his uh, back story in a little bit. But I want to hear uh, the, the man of the hour I want to hear, uh, tell the taking and Outside listeners who may not, I'm sure all of you have probably seen it, you know who he is, and you're like, duh, we know who this guy is. He's Hmm. famous, right? Uh, But if you may not know who he is, we want him to introduce himself to you guys and gals and tell... Uh, our listeners A little bit more about you You're from Louisiana Born and raised Born and raised in Louisiana I live in Texas now uh,
2: Okay My name is Jean-Paul Bourgeois Jean, For all you North Car- Carolinians Or anybody Jean-Paul. outside of Louisiana It's spelled
0: like Jean Or yeah, Jean Yeah Jean-Paul
2: That's that French that french influence you know no so i mean most people if they if they know me at all would be from duck camp dinners or the meat eater uh you know crew i was on season 11 with steve hunting in louisiana and i've contributed a lot through meat eater in the last 18 months or so but my story starts way 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 back to a little boy just spending time by my parents hip while they cooked in in kitchens in louisiana all their life so you know i'm just a i'm a small town boy from south louisiana and um i I just always loved cooking i was always good at it and when the time came to decide what i wanted to do with my life i said why don't i just use the gifts that god has given me Passing among others, so uh, that that road has led me to an incredible journey of um, you know being in the outdoor industry again, working with Meteor to producing two seasons of my own show called Duck Camp Dinners, and then working on a number of great projects in the field right now. All you know, I'll never be a professional hunter, if you will. You know, I'll never be. I don't want to be a Steve Ranella, right. right. um, and all, nothing against Steve, but like my expertise is cooking. So everything I do in the outdoors is through the lens of the food. And, um, you know, in every sense of the word, I am a meat hunter which makes me a meat eater you know but uh, when i go out there of course you know you love to see the bull drake pintails that you might hang on the wall or that 150 class point buck oh, that's yeah. got that you know beautiful rack and is so unique but at the end of the day i'm, I'm interested in the straps and the and the hind quarters and the sausages and the yes. rib meat and all the trimmings and everything i hunt everything i do in the outdoors always through the lens of food and how i can share that 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 perspective through others
0: i i've got like I need to get some paper right now. My questions I have. I just the whole your whole uh, life and job intrigued me so much. And you said you started. So my first question: you started uh, at a young age. What is a young age? When did you start? When's the first? uh meal you would say that you cooked with your parents growing up like when did you say you're, you're how old were you when you first started like this is tonight y'all i could dinner yeah thank you what how was like 12 the, or like six or the light
2: the light bulb came off when i was around six years old okay and my dad was competing in a community cook-off contest at saint philomena fair in labadieville louisiana which is a small sugarcane farm in town about two thousand people and um you know, but our parish was St. Saint, Saint Philomena Parish, and uh, we were in Assumption Parish. And he made, we, we, we recall this differently, but that's not actually the point. He says he cooked a brisket. I said he cooked a rabbit sauce called. Either way, he came in second. And the light bulb switched when I saw all those people from the community come, and their eyes light up, and them get just so happy from whatever whatever is rabbit sauce going. Again, doesn't matter. It was the effect that food had on people that just triggered something at a very young age. I said, you know, this is something that you know you can do for people and and kind of automatically put a smile on their face no matter what what they're feeling during that day obviously extenuating circumstances and and so on everybody got different stories in their life but as a young man as a young boy i should say at six years old that's the first memory that i have that i said oh darn there's there's something here where you know you can enrich someone's life with a bite of food and i think that's what's carried me through to this day
0: That's awesome, and I I, so Anthony's here too, and I don't want to I want to bring Anthony in because he is uh, before today was the most famous chef that I knew, Um, (laughs) and uh, after tonight he is the second most uh, famous chef that I that I know. But no, Anthony uh, loves being in the kitchen as well, and so. We haven't decided at this point what the title of this podcast is going to be, but it's probably going to be something derived around food or cooking Absolutely. or taking it outside or something. But, you know, uh, Anthony, uh, he loves to hunt, and he loves to cook. And these guys, I know Anthony went on a, a snow goose hunt with Kent, East Coast Waterfowl they met uh, last year. And he told me, Kent told me, he said, we the only store we had close by was a dollar general. <laughs> Which any of y'all know what a Dollar General is, which everybody does. There's freaking every square mile in the United States. But uh, the only store close by was a Dollar General. And Anthony went there every night and bought food and cooked like a five-course delicious meal Hmm. uh, every night from the Dollar General. And so I guess the same question for you, Anthony, uh, that we just talked about here. You've been cooking for a while, too, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I started cooking uh – I want to say I started cooking when I was seven years old. Okay. So uh, I grew up, and and again, out of all the interviews and everything I've been on, there's a lot that I haven't uh, conveyed to everybody. And um, but I'll just start, and then when the information comes out later, it'll be like a damn, it'll be a story. But my mom raised three boys Mm. by herself, right? By herself, and um, we we had welfare. And, um, and she wanted to be off of that She didn't want anything else to do with it So she took us And she took us to a house And she rented it We had no indoor plumbing It was just me and my brothers But for some reason Every time we went in the kitchen She had food yep. We could open the fridge And Absolutely we didn't man. see a daggone thing And for some reason She could produce something Right. And out of all the boys, I followed and I looked and I was like, well, how did she do that? And she would take stuff and she would put this and with this and with this and with this. And then fast forward, she got to a point where she was cleaning houses and and doing anything it took not, right. you know, in order to propel. So. She went, and this one lady wanted, uh, had a cheesecake, and my mom had cheesecake. i never had cheesecake before. I didn't know n- nothing about it. And my mom had cheesecake, and she was like, wow, Anthony. And she talked to us about this cheesecake. So I went to the library to figure out how to make this thing called cheesecake. So then I went to the kitchen after following her in the kitchen, and I made this cheesecake. And then when I made this cheesecake, my mom tasted it, and she let everybody else taste it. And everybody else wanted one so I'm and immediately my business mind was like boom so my mom went to a yard sale and bought like a shelf that you could put stuff on and so I started dabbling with cheesecakes and I start taking that same recipe the the three packs of cream cheese the eggs the lemon juice the whatever and so I start doing that and I start experimenting cappuccino white chocolate
0: All strawberries. the strawberries. That's cool.
1: All the, All the And i eggs. just start playing with it. And i just start playing with it. And everybody would start buying them. And then it would just start selling out and selling out. And then that's what, that's what spawned my entrepreneurial side. So there's an the entrepreneur side and then there's a the cooking side. And, and the cooking side has always been my passion. And that's what propelled me into the business I am today. Because I used that to just figure out how I could make what I knew worked. Right. So I went and I start saying, "Hey, I could if if you guys want to do a party, I could make it happen." And um, I I'm end the up going, "Cheesecake man." Yeah, I'm the cheesecake man or whatever. But I end up going to college. <laughs> My girlfriend at the time, her dad cooked at Alan Wong's, um, which was a five star place in Hawaii, and um, I ended up becoming a sous chef. Fast forward on, I took that. Came back and I became a personal chef. I took the money from that and and propelled myself forward. Well, I I, I cook right. So my cooking experience is uh, Blue Box Macaroni uh, and Cheese
0: is uh, Grubhub. <laughs> uh, we have just since you COVID, wear, you wear those
2: delivery drivers since, out. Uh, yeah. Since yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: since COVID, we have Grubhub now at the house. So, uh, but no, uh, I enjoy cooking on my Camano Joe, and I feel like when I'm at home by myself, I'm like. A really good cook Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here with you guys, and I feel like I'm just like, well, I'm, I feel I, second place like <laughs> after after the, after that that
1: yeah, after so, what he did with them ducks. Yeah, so we're gonna get on so that. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah, get on
2: that. Well, I mean, look, that <laughs> Anthony brings up an interesting point on resourcefulness, and and a lot of great chefs around the country, whether you're a professional chef or just a even like a home cook or a private chef or whatever, it's 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 taking what you have around you and making the best yes, of it. So whether it's 100%. a Dollar General or stale seasonings and your and your pappies. Cabinet and freezer yes. burn ducks in your pappy's freezer. Yep. That's how I learned to cook. Yes, Not culinary school. It was going to these hunting camps and fishing that's exactly camps, right. and being the cook. That was that. Like that was always my contribution yep. to camps. Yep. I didn't own land. I didn't own a camp. I didn't have a boat. <laughs> I can cook. Didn't you. have a dog, but I can cook. <laughs> I can cook. Yep. And so that's, that's right? Exactly it's, right, it's like being resourceful. Yeah. And uh, and any whether you're young cook or chef or you're an outdoor chef, like there is way more that you can do in your pantry than you than you imagine. You yes. just gotta have, I mean, you know, it's it's a good starting point before you have to go to a grocery store. And be like I have to follow this recipe no. precisely. Mm-mm. No, I mean no. if you don't got mayonnaise, but you got tartar sauce, it'll work. It'll work. Yeah, it'll it'll probably work. Let you me just, just said it, it, it know, may, it may, may work. It may it may. And, work. I, and that was an example of last night when I, we were cooking with your dad. I was uh, making a sauce, and I said, Mister Don, you got any mayonnaise? And oh,
0: I don't know, mean I probably outdated.
2: But he had five bottles of tartar sauce, yeah. and so I made a sauce with mayonnaise. And I mean with tartar sauce And it came out great And he loved it And now he wants the recipe But that's just That's just (laughs) resourceful You know You know
1: know, Exactly What happened was You Know what belongs together Mm. That's my key to cooking So if I go in the kitchen There are things that belong together And there are things that do not belong together So when you're cooking and you need to, like, if I go, like, when I went to the Dollar General and I wanted to make a mushroom bacon cream sauce over a risotto with, uh, but I took the elk and I took it there. It was like, you know what belongs together. Mm-hmm. And once you learn that and it's in your, it's either, and I and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You either know that or you don't. Like, you yeah. feel it or you don't. Yeah, no, I mean, there's certain a
2: definite element to that. But, you know, I'm, I'm also a believer that, like, You know, we, I only speak for myself, but personally, everything I eat and taste throughout this world gets like stored in this little data bank in my, in my mind. And when I'm ready to bring it out, it just kind of clicks. And maybe that's what you have or you don't. Yeah. Because you have it, it or you don't. But it does take this like real world experience of getting out there and, and trying different and tasting different things experimenting with different things and so when that data bank kind of builds in your head and it kind of complexizes when it's time to bring the hammer yeah you know you know what to do with what you got that's and exactly that's right. and that's how resourcefulness kind of comes in
0: well i feel like going off of what you guys have just been talking about the last few minutes you know taking it outside we love uh shared stories and 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 giving advice and tips and stuff uh whether it be hunting tips or latest shotguns or waiters or whatever it may be. We talk about taking it outside. We try to help folks and uh, and uh, share some ideas and share some tips. So y'all have shared the last few minutes a lot of good uh, mm-hmm. uh, ideas for people. Uh, you know, Chad, Chad was on here uh, last season and some other folks that were in videography and taking photos and trying to help folks that want to get into videography or whatever it may be. So my question, I guess, now is, uh, somebody that's listening to this podcast is like I've seen this guy, he's got his own TV show his own uh, social media kills it on social media uh, just, you know, famous cook, he can freaking cook the mess out of some ducks in Hyde County uh, somebody that uh, wants to get into kind of being, not a professional chef or cook, but like wants to learn more about cooking, any kind of advice that you can share uh, to somebody listening to this podcast that can be informative on some advice on what they can do to kind of where's the first step on how to learn more about to to get to the level i guess that you are on cooking whether it be duck or deer Can't meat, say. or rice, or I don't think we're gonna, gonna get to that. Yeah, any kind of advice on how to get to well, that? I mean, what, what's the first step? What should they be doing now if they want to learn more about how to get to that point?
2: I, I have somewhat of a golden rule that was coined by a, a famous chef, although she wouldn't call herself a chef. Her name is Alice Waters out of Berkeley, California. Uh, the restaurant is Chez Panisse, and they basically uh, they basically built the farm to table movement in California, Napa Valley, and San Francisco bay area and such any of those who follow food i mean alice waters is like the julia childs of california and for those chefs like myself who really value the the importance of seasonality and so on she's been a big inspiration one of her main things and i say this a lot on duck camp dinners if it grows together it goes together yes 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 if it grows together it goes together if it grows together it goes together so let me give you a, a pretty good example yeah let's hear that here um, there's a dish that I cook kind of famously if you will uh, on on different on different occasions I cook it differently every time it's called duck à l'orange. Um, there is there's a French version of duck à l'orange that's like belongs in all the very three-star Michelin restaurants of of France and so on. I cook a camp-style version of duck à l'orange. But the à l'orange means with oranges and the orange and so in Louisiana at the same time where duck Season is happening. There's Louisiana is the even I think the third largest citrus grower in the country, uh, California, Florida, wow. and Louisiana. And we have a we have a citrus fruit called Satsumas, and it's mm-hmm. a seedless, highly sweet, highly juicy mandarin. Um, and at the same time, the ducks start coming into Louisiana. That Satsumas start dropping and really uh, ripening on the tree, God. and that's what I use for this wow. duck orange. And it's basically like what we had here. Nope. but with a whole bunch of satsumas whole satsumas cooked down together and um, there's a reason why duck and oranges has historically been had yeah. been good together throughout the course of French culinary history is because they come into season at the same time they're both fall and winter harvests mm-hmm. and those things will always be great together ducks and oranges <laughs> no matter how you boom oh, wow, ducks and big. oranges will always <laughs> be great big. together or citrus and So if it grows together and you can go down the line whether it's morels and spring turkey, right? Yeah. Morels, asparagus, spring turkey. Whether it's elk, sweet potatoes, root vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, in the fall or summer with tomatoes and okra and shrimp. That's a, that's a big African Cajun dish and Creole dish in Louisiana. Yeah. Shrimp with okra and tomatoes that are smothered down. All those things come together in season together. So if it grows together, it goes together. And what I would say to any young cook or, or experienced cook, look around wherever you're at in, in the world and say, what is in season right now? And start with that. Yes. what is great right now and start with yes. that and then you likely you have a pretty good pretty good outcome if you follow that golden rule if it grows together it goes together
1: wow that's big I that's like that. real big yeah never I really like thought that. about that but and, and and I agree 100% like I uh, that's t- wow, uh, mind, <laughs> mind blown. I got this dog speechless, <laughs> bro. I'm not speechless. If, hey,
0: if Anthony cannot
2: talk, <laughs> that's big. No, no, but I can always <laughs> talk. There, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. And if you just go to your local region, where you're from, wherever you grew up with, right? Like I never eat, I never make BLTs in the winter because tomatoes aren't any good in the winter. <laughs> I make BLTs in the summer where tomatoes are seasonal and delicious. So why would I eat a ch- crappy tomato on a BLT? Right? So, like, you just got to go in and say, oh, wow, I'm from, I'm from somewhere in Wisconsin. And this is what's in season. Maybe I should try cooking that together and pairing it together and making a glaze with it or as a side with it. And you're likely going to be in good shape if you follow that rule.
0: Nice. Interesting. I love it. Uh, so, speaking of dinner tonight, uh, these guys cooked uh, an amazing meal. So, we always eat good. If you watch our YouTube channel uh social media, you know one thing about Hyde County. When we come to Hyde County, uh, ducks or not, we always have two things that has fellowship, and that's uh, good food. And these guys took it to a whole nother level tonight, and the meal was just amazing. And I want uh, talk about a little bit, kind of about what dinner was tonight. I know my dad spoke, uh, spoke earlier, I guess it was last night, about this most memorable uh, memorable meal that he had 35 years ago in Hyde County with duck and gravy, and, and uh, so you guys kind of wanted to recreate that at night, and, and y'all uh, cleaned some ducks earlier, shot some ducks earlier this morning and uh we had all kinds of with duck and vegetables and rice and and uh with oysters of course as an appetizer from eastern north hmm, carolina but love them. the 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 uh the duck meal That you prepared tonight I want to hear A little bit more about It It was delicious So whatever he's about To tell you If you're listening right now we're going to pause For five seconds To find the closest notepad That you may have Or a phone Uh, If you have an iPhone I think it's called A notes app Mm -hmm. To open it And take these notes down Because it was delicious The dinner we had tonight Was just Oh absolutely And and, uh, I want to if you don't mind helping, you know, kind of share what you did tonight for dinner here at Hyde County. I try not to be too long-winded on yeah, this yeah,
2: because no, this, we got thirty minutes. Yeah, this so like, <laughs> so this this recipe of ducks has been cooked in Louisiana homes for a century or more through generations and generations, and we've all all waterfowl hunters grew up eating ducks like this. Typically, we call this. Very simply, and it's hard to like search a recipe in this, but we call it smothered ducks. Smothered meaning, um, um, you know, roasted and adding aromatics like onion, celery, bell pepper, garlic, so on, and then stock and letting it slow cook till it falls off the bone. That's what we call smothered, and it's always covered. Um, In South Louisiana, they have a term for it called routine. Ducks, which is Cajun French for roasted, uh, although it's really a braised thing. And so essentially, this is a whole duck preparation where we roast them in a cast iron skillet. We build the flavors with onion bell peppers garlic Amazing. red wine chicken stock we stuffed ducks with onion celery and carrots and then we pour that sauce or gravy over the top of the ducks and let it cook these ducks because they were mostly black ducks bigger species take five hours or so and they cooked uh, around five or six hours until they were falling off the bone but um, there's a plenty of ways to cook ducks um, obviously, in South Louisiana, this smothered duck recipe, a routine ducks recipe, or, or ducks in Cajun gravy would be another kind of interpretation of it. And when your dad said, These ducks just fell off the bone, Jean Paul. No, was, these ducks just fell off the bone, boy. Something like that. You know, <laughs> my best Don. There you
0: go. That's pretty
2: good. And I said, Well, shoot, I could do that for you, Mr. Don. We've been cooking ducks like that since I was a little boy. And that's how my dad cooked ducks uh, all my life. And, you know, later in life was when I started, like, roasting breasts, mid-rare, medium, and slicing and and doing different things. But all our life, it was was ringnecks, blue-winged teal, wigeon, every now and then a gray duck, every now and then a pintail, a lot of coots. Or as we call them, poodoo Cooked in this fashion <laughs> And So that's I mean, you're talking about like a real Grandma style Cajun dish uh, Ducks, smothered ducks routine ducks, ducks and Cajun gravy Whatever you want to call it There's a couple recipes that I've written online So if you kind of search that Jean-Paul Bourgeois Ducks, duck recipes You'll likely find what you're looking for there
0: <laughs> you mentioned uh, my, my phone I'm not texting I'm actually making notes I don't forget things to ask But you just mentioned yeah. Coots I added it to my notes But uh, The man this is, So you know You're around a good chef Okay So any of y'all From eastern North Carolina The man Earlier said That he's eaten Thousands Of coots <laughs> At least oh. At least coots A thousand coots And they were delicious So you know If the man Knows a way To cook At least a thousand coots and can make it delicious he's a good chef and and his tip or advice to that which was to Josh Marks earlier who attempted to do uh, coots, and it didn't turn out good, but uh was a gumbo. A yeah. Coot, which you call not the coots, but a uh, do po- Or pull. I can't pronounce any words. Y'all say down for Facebook. I I got a freaking, I was homeschooled, I know, but God yeah. dang. do uh, is the French pronunciation. pool do
2: is the Cajun French pronunciation. Co- okay, okay got it. Coots yeah, is the yeah, yeah. Eastern
0: North Carolina pronunciation. It's coots. And uh, so he says he's eaten at least a thousand, prepared at least a thousand coots. And think they were how many I've shot if I've eaten uh, a thousand of them. No, I, I believe you one hundred percent. The man has cooked over a thousand coots, and they're delicious, which blows my mind. Uh, so you know, if the man can cook and prepare uh, mm-hmm. over a thousand coots, he knows what he's doing. Uh, also, I've made some notes here. Oysters, uh, the, the oysters we had the night before dinner. Uh, it's funny because so we are all here in Eastern North Carolina. That's why I love traveling and talking to people. We were in Kansas a few days ago, and people in Kansas, you know, they have a whole different whatever than we have here, but uh the way we prepared our oysters here in eastern North Carolina, uh, you know, we always steam our oysters. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh personally myself uh I like so the 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 shell opens just a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. like a lot of that like, you know, slime I'm not a big slime oyster person, so I want mine to, like, be opened up a little bit. Man, I ain't an oyster
1: it, person at all. Like, that's it, the last <laughs> thing I want to slide down my throat. That'd make me feel like I hadn't had something. I ain't got no business. Like, I've been in prison about 20 years. <laughs> so, I'm not big on the whole oyster, the oyster thing. When the shell <laughs> opens, uh, it's, like, it's, it's time to, to get them out. Let's go ahead and
0: eat the oysters. But you were saying in Louisiana, and uh, growing up, you said you were, y'all were you ate oysters uh Whole different way that we had them tonight, right?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say we've never eaten steamed oysters. Yeah. I've had steamed oysters one other time in South Carolina before coming here. And now I've had them three straight meals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's we had, for breakfast. We had oysters had a, and eggs for I breakfast last morning. night. For uh, I've had yeah three nights in a row, if you will, <laughs> here, and I and I love them. Yeah, and typically in Louisiana we're eating them raw, we're eating fried, or we're eating them like char grill I'm fine with fried and char grill but yeah. raw—that's
1: a whole lot of no yeah, we, nope.
2: we get down with some raw oysters now the thing with louisiana is like your oyster harvest is only good during like cold months and it's not getting as cold as it used to and the oyster you know different things so what makes these kind of different aquaculture excuse me aquaculture farms or farm or oyster farms where you can kind of control right. that environment a little yeah, better you can eat them all you year get, you get much well you get a much more consistent oyster yeah. you mm-hmm. know and being up in north carolina the waters stay a little cooler it's not like the gulf of mexico you know in august it's 92 degree water yeah. you know 89 Cooking. degree water and so nobody wants to eat an oyster in, 85 degree water, right. you know, that ain't no good, yeah. Uh, but these are, I, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if I went back home into Louisiana next time during oyster season and these guys that came with me or they've got they've bought some they bought a steamer rig. because yeah. look, it does make things real easy, right? I don't have to shuck them, yeah, it's very communal, yeah. We're, we're sitting around the oyster table, and one of my buddies compared to me, he said, Dude, this is a lot like boiling crawfish, yeah, you know, we get. 40 pounds we have like yep. 10 to 15 people and we stand around a table peeling crawfish uh, there's a lot of similarities in that in the in the steamed oyster culture here in the carolinas yeah
1: so what what did it for me is I, I again i'm not a big oyster person at all not in any form of the way because the whole slimy sliding down your throat thing that didn't associate with anything in uh-huh. my life okay but but when i had the eastern north carolina vinegar based sauce Along with a steamed oyster on top of a cracker, that changed your life, son. Yeah, daddy's secret oyster sauces. Uh.
2: You know that's really interesting now that you say that because <laughs> the the whole hog way of, of so eastern North, North, North Carolina, Carolina. Sauce. <laughs> eastern North eastern Carolina. Carolina, right? Yeah, is, is that is the barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I, I, when you say that, I was like, huh. I was like, they do the same with all the great whole hog places that's yep. in, in the Carolinas. Well, that's, that's a whole- very
0: similar sauce to what we just put on those. Yeah. And that's a whole separate podcast, but North Carolina has the great divide, so we live here in the great state of North Carolina, and we're happy to be in eastern North Carolina, but there's a great debate between uh, East eastern North Carolina barbecue. And Lexington. And and western North Carolina barbecue. Yep. Yep. And we're vinegar-based. Yeah So from Raleigh-ish To the coast You know we, We're vinegar-based Barbecue whereas The western part of the state Is more of a uh, Ketchup you start getting uh, More Kansas
2: style And Tennessee yeah, style. Lexington. Kansas yeah, I call style. it
1: Lexington style and Eastern Carolina yeah, style. so We have the an Eastern, Eastern and guy. Western, but it's a I great. Like
2: the, I like the Eastern. I like great, the vinegar punch. You
1: know, oh on my whole god!
0: Dog. Yeah, I heard that right. Eastern North Carolina. I like barbecue. the vinegar <laughs> punch. There's a great <laughs> debate. There's Sam a, Jones, <laughs> Eastern. Hey, America. you love know, Sam? You know Sam? I know right? Sam well. I Sam was well. at the store Sam a few weeks ago, right, Mister Sam Jones? Sam Jones is lives an hour. Have there places an hour east of us? at spring hill outfitters he was in the store a few weeks ago and uh good friends that we met through uh our friends over at colt's guns now carolina caliber uh sam was in the store a few weeks ago shopping and he's uh he's a professional i don't what's above a professional like a uh he I is remember. a whole
2: hog cooking master. Uh, he, he
0: knows what he's it's doing what he with is. Eastern North Carolina barbecue cooking mm-hmm. whole hogs, and and that's what I grew up on. And we're always used to that. And that's what, our, in our opinion, is kind of the only thing there is out there. But uh, Western style, one, one, a, a whole one of the best
2: guys. dudes you ever meet, right there.
0: Cool dude, Sam Jones. Uh, we're not plugging Sam Jones, but we are plugging Sam Jones. If you, I love send you, us, Sam.
2: I'm plugging you. Send Sam. us a
0: couple of gift cards or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of <laughs> gift a couple cards. Of dinners. Uh, but yeah, we can. Uh, That'd be good. I uh, know we love Eastern Carolina barbecue. It's always it's funny the great debate. I've got uh, some family uh, aunts and uncles that live in uh, outside of Asheboro, North Carolina, which is outside of the zoo, the western part of the state, and they come to see us, and uh, they always go to Parker's barbecue in Wilson. I've heard good things about them as well, and. Uh, not far. How far is Wilson from here? Uh, it's it's actually if you go from here back to the store, it's between here and the store. It's an hour and a half west of here, thirty minutes east of uh, Spring Hill Outfitters. So, uh,
2: how far? How far from, how far from but here? But you guys are from here
1: an
0: hour and a half. Are they open
2: on Sundays. You uh, think? I mean, are, what's tomorrow? They are, are. tomorrow is Saturday. Are they they be open on b- Saturday. B- Not Saturday, you hunting. Yeah, but I mean, i got Kevin,
0: Kevin, Eric, all the guys that we're not. You know, these guys are not. I'm always us, looking for good food. No, Parker's barbecue uh, is uh, a good spot. That's yeah. been yeah. that's Parker been recommended to me from yeah. a number of people when they very found consistent. Out it's very worth good. trying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, not an infomercial. <laughs> For reference. I'm just.
2: I'm legitimately. No. Curious. I'm a legitimate curate. No. So when I come to a de- when I come to a new place, you like eating? Well, I'm I'm looking at people like y'all and saying, "Tell me where to go because y'all are the experts. Like if y'all were in if y'all were in Louisiana and y'all were in a special coast, I name. would be like, Right, y'all got better to call me. Yeah, I agree. Unless y'all know somebody more in tune to it than yeah. I do. Ain't a lot of people like that
0: So When I travel We were in Vegas The last few weeks We have all these buying shows ATA Shot Show And Big Rock And I I love going to Locally owned places I'm like you When I go somewhere I want to go somewhere That's locally owned Mm -hmm. That's got the good food That's what I recommend Mm-hmm Yeah I'm in it Yep Yep Uh, You mentioned earlier That you had uh, Some uh, TV shows uh, Social media uh, Series I guess what If folks want to learn more about your great wisdom mm-hmm. on all of your cooking like where can they find more about what you do in your life What's so the, you said you had two seasons of yeah meat duck, eaters right duck camp dinners yeah, on, camp, on, yeah, on the, the media dinner. youtube yeah. channel
2: so my instagram is chef jean underscore paul is j-e-a-n underscore paul yeah
0: when you say jean people we're in north yeah. carolina you know, it's
2: i've gotten used to that Jean. Right? yeah and uh spell you know yeah, I, I i do a lot of that stuff just really close to home stuff when i put on instagram it's things that i do every day with my with my friends my family my hunting my cooking sometimes just fun there's no really like you know, I do work for a number of different brands, great brands around the country that I support and they support me. And, of course, there's some stuff like that. But most of all, I'm just trying to keep it 100 on the IG. Uh, other than that, Duck Camp Dinner Season 1 and 2 are both on the Mediator YouTube channel. And we created Duck Camp Dinners for a number of reasons. Uh, the top two or three reasons, and I'll just go over them quickly. One is to memorialize this duck camp that i've come to love and and hunt at for a number of years now and it reminds me a lot of this duck camp that we're having yeah right now, baby uh, which is why I've, i'm just like so in love with this area right now because it, it just reminds me a lot of home secondly i just thought that louisiana in a lot of ways especially in the outdoors culture is characterized or made caricatures of through different like larger media outlets and i wanted to kind of battle against that and three i just wanted to i just wanted to I just wanted to represent my state where i was from the people that that state gave me so much i haven't lived in uh in in louisiana since 2006 and so when i think about everything that state gave me from the time i was a little boy growing up with my parents the outdoors the access to the outdoors it gave me to the cooking to the community uh i'm always looking to kind of repay that and just and just tell that state and those people how much i honor them in this place in this place that i grew up that taught me so much and duck camp oh, dinners awesome. does a lot of does all three of those things and um if you if you're any way interested in cajun cooking you should watch duck camp dinners if you're ever, any way interested in a very unique style waterfowl culture you should watch duck camp dinners and if you just want to be entertained and have a good time all my best friends like we just literally when we shot the first season i looked at the video guys and we had two we had two video guys and a photographer i said look I don't know how many episodes we're going to make. I don't know how long they're going to be. <laughs> we're going to leave on Thursday. We're coming back on Sunday, film everything, and we'll worry about it in the post. And yeah, that's what happened. That awesome. And we created six episodes in, in uh, season one, eight episodes in season two. And it's the life cycle with the duck camp through the food we eat and the people we share that's it with. Awesome. And that's, and that's the, that's the kind of my elevator pitch with duck camp dinners. And it's been out for a while. So like, you're not going to go tune into uh, the YouTube channel and be like, Oh man, And this, you know, I say out for a while. It's been, um, yeah, about a year since episode two, uh, excuse me, season two, episode one came out. And look, again, it's just a lot of ways just to memorialize this state and this camp and these friends and this family that I've had. Oh, yeah. And then others just tell a real authentic story about the waterfowl culture and the food culture of South Louisiana, which I don't think has ever really truly been told in the history of food. In the history of media, the true story has never been told, and I think Duck Camp Dinners does that the best out of anything that we've seen on TV, period, since you've been able to film. Nice. We nice. Were, we
0: uh, posted a video earlier. I'm talking, talking about Joel, uh, Joel Gilly Productions earlier. He uh, did a video from a hunt we had here a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a three- or four-minute video we had here at Greening Hunt Camp, and uh, we had some local law enforcement guys here and uh really cool video kind of talking about from start to finish you know the guys and uh what we did and honestly uh the main focus uh of the video was eating and food we shot ducks we killed ducks and we had Great fellowship, but we had an awesome dinner, and we had an awesome breakfast. And uh, I always say that, you know, killing ducks is is always a bonus. what I say when we come down to Green Wing Hunt Camp in Hyde County. You know, killing ducks is a bonus, right? If you kill ducks, that's an extra bonus. It's it's, it's great. But we're here to fellowship, and we're here to have a good time and meet new friends Mm -hmm. and, and eat. Eat really, really good And we always tend to do that here at Greenwing Hunt Camp But that video that he posted uh, Dad talked about what was on the dinner uh, The menu for dinner that night And it was uh, shrimp and uh, oysters And crab cakes and all the stuff From eastern North Carolina And then the breakfast the next morning I, I spoke a few minutes about what we had for uh, For breakfast And, and uh, you know Food is a very important part of a hunting trip you know, Fellowship by the way ducks, ducks are important uh but what's even more important than shooting ducks is uh fellowship i always say that's my that's my key word now fellowship is number one Uh, and then right behind that is eating good so yeah uh you know a good hunt camp meal a duck camp meal is always yeah very important to to your point to all the like the young hunters in here that
2: you know well we're always in our like we always hear about the generations before us and how much it's changed yep. and the hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, hunting changed, the ducks changed, the migration, short stopping feed, Cell intrusion, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on. If you really want to be a waterfowl hunter for all your life and you really love this sport, you better not depend on the ducks. Because that's cyclical and that's going to change and that's going to be up and down. We know about that. You better have (laughs) a good group of friends that you can go to the camp to and say, that's the reason why I'm going this weekend because of them. And if we shoot the ducks, to your point, Trent, that's the bonus. That's the bonus because the duck hunting alone won't keep you in. Unless you got to be in a pretty special place, in a pretty special region, probably got a lot of money. Yeah. For for it to be as good as you want it to be every year, yeah. and you better have a good group of friends, a good group of guys and gals, and family that you can go hunt with to make it worth it. Because the ducks ain't going to do it for you every season.
0: Yeah, no, no, and we no, can no. talk about it. We could do whole, we can do, a, do that whole, a whole other another episode on, oh on this God. conversation, this point. I feel like, but honestly, it's it's really this whole podcast we talk about it every episode is formed. It's called taking it an outside, and we love taking it outside, especially young folks taking it outside. But it's really uh you know shooting ducks, shooting deer. Uh, shooting game really on a hunt trip is uh, what we call a bonus. Uh, you know the point of it, the whole the whole gist of why we're here is to fellowship. Uh, my dad's here. Uh, you know I always love coming down to this place, and hanging out with my dad and hanging out with friends, old friends and new friends. And and uh, there's so much we could talk about. It a whole a whole separate episode, but it's all about fellowship and taking it outside with uh, friends and family, and that's what it's all about. And uh, eating good is right. always a good bonus, right? You got to eat good. Yep. So that's right. so why we're here. Down. So uh, we had a great, a great meal earlier tonight. We sat around a table as a group and we prayed, and uh, we said a blessing, and and we had just a, a great dinner and camaraderie and fellowship. Fellowship is my keyword this season, probably be next season too. But it's uh, it's what it's all about here at Green Wing Hunt Camp. But also uh, every time I go hunting, it's all about the fellowship and and uh, you know cooking being a great cook uh great chef increases that fellowship i feel like you know? yeah
2: in a lot of ways right like up. the hunt the duck blind the the deer stand or whatever it is the hunt camp like that's our that's our nine rounds eight 18 rounds of golf course that a lot of people right. go like oh, that's percent. That, you know that's our networking opportunity that's our friendship and relationship yeah. building opportunity and that's what i tell a lot of my my friends and family is like look y'all go play golf I go sit in the duck blind, and that's how I make my make make. That's how I build my circle. That's the people that I want to run with. That's the kind of people that I want to be associated with. Yep. Uh, not just duck hunters, but just people that want to be outside and um, honoring God's gift to us and the yep. land and, and his species, and and doing our best as we can as stewards of that land and harvesting those species and doing the best of our
1: ability to, to kind of use that in a responsible. Yep. Oh, one hundred percent. Right now, and in today, in today, with everything, considering the the very obvious situation being the, being the one black dude sitting here at this table, and you know, and, and I know Trent Trent because we we've had a good time with all of this, but but the reality in today's society, there's there's a lot of sh- stuff going on, right? And we have a good time. So now let's think about it. Now I'm sitting in there in the blind with a bunch of crazy white dudes with guns. <laughs> okay, wait. Now let's think about it, though. No, these are my boys. no, no I'm, I'm in for it. So, so we there, we, we there, it's a bunch of crazy white dudes with guns, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trusting that they're okay, and they're trusting that the guy that they see all on the media is okay. <laughs> and we all together, and then at the end of the day, we go crack a bottle, and we sit back, and we chill and we have a good time. Yeah. And the thing about it is that those barriers that everybody's so worried about. And the only thing, if I can say one thing to this podcast that I hope emanates across America, is get to know who you're sitting across with. Mm. And that problem is not a problem. Yeah. I love it. Literally, yep. that's it. That problem is not a problem. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I want to say, Trent. You do what you got to do, brother. Sorry to bring you down. <laughs> I will say, going back to the whole
0: golfing thing, uh, we were in Kansas this past week, or earlier this week actually, and there was one morning that we stayed up till about one thirty talking business and oh, the yeah. same conversation. We had. Yeah, we did. I yeah. love talking. I like, go on these hunt trips. I love talking to these I guys. Can't tell. And fellowship. And, yeah, you couldn't tell. <laughs> fellowship and networking and talking business and taking it outside and I mean, we stayed up till 1.30 a.m. we had like a 4.30 <laughs> wake up call and I will say as we, well, I woke up my roommate uh, my roommate uh, Josh Kaiser we were talking I said man I wish we played golf <laughs> because <laughs> when you play golf you don't get up this early <laughs> so you don't matter what you said about playing golf I said man why don't we take up golf as we could be in Myrtle Beach right now and we could have stayed out till one thirty.
1: Hey we brother, that duck blind in. with snow and everything <laughs> falling and freezing and my Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was but good. Still I'd have slept a couple of extra hours and been fine with it that morning. But I was like, We could have played golf and not been up Anyway, <laughs> just for y'all listeners,
2: I don't know nothing about golf. I ain't shot eighteen holes. I've been on a driving range once or twice, but I'm a waterfowl hunter. All these dudes talking about. Game golf. on, baby. <laughs> no,
1: Game
0: it's on. uh, it's all awesome. awesome. we could honestly. Every episode I record with with great folks from the industry, employees at Spring Hill Outfitters, co-workers. I say not employees, co-workers at Spring Hill Outfitters. And manufacturers and guides with Joe this past week and Kent and these great guys here. It's always funny every episode we're like, man, I don't. We gotta we gotta stretch it out to make it forty five minutes, and then we look down and, and we're at fifty mm. something minutes now. And uh, you know we could talk for probably two or three hours. It's so easy when you get together with folks that have the same interests as you that that and, and enjoy the same things as you and and oh, yeah. talk about great cooking and great eating and great fellowship and great hunting. It's easy to talk about and easy to continue to talk about and we could do podcasts for two or three or four hours but joe uh joe wouldn't like that so we got to keep it short but um but it really is easy to talk i mean it's, it's we're so passionate about the outdoors here at spring hill outfitters and we always uh love surrounding ourselves with with friends like these guys that that have the same passions as we do and it's just it's great um so uh this is fun yeah, that's and, great, man. Yes, yeah, great. that's great. I, I appreciate it. y'all. Uh, you know, honestly, this whole podcast is very impromptu today. My pa- my stuff was still packed up from uh, Kansas, and, and <laughs> yeah, we weren't going we to be here and and do this podcast. And then you, they were like, "Well, it's, every, it's you, all packed up." So you mind? Share, do Do you mind if I share a little bit, like how we got hooked up? Go right so, ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell the story.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know what, Joe? Yeah, Joe, yeah, get lost. Yeah, uh, going <laughs> <over there. laughs> Does, I edit a three <laughs> hour <laughs> podcast. I go No, look, I'm gonna right, try to be short. So. <laughs> my buddy, my best friend Jay Shack Schneider, Jay Shack Schneider and I, who you'll see in Duck Camp Dinner Season One and Two, we come to visit our friend Aaron Wood, who lives in Camden County. We both pull tundra swan tags for this year. We go ahead and knock that out on Thursday, and as we are getting, as we are coming into Thursday morning, we get one text that says, "Hey guys." Both of us, both of the guys that we were supposed to hunt with on Saturday tomorrow, got COVID. We can't hunt on Saturday, so I'm like, "Oh man, that's nothing on Saturday." Then our our sea duck hunting guy, he literally texts us and says, "The duck hunting sucks right now." That's that was his text. I'm glad it was all honest. right. Well, that's okay, subtle, that's <laughs> <laughs> subtle. And so we go and scramble. We travel to North Carolina. We kill our swans while we're here, and we said, "Man, like." We have to, um, we have to, I don't know, figure something. We go fishing, we go hunting, whatever. And I just put it out on social media on a on a story, which lasts twenty four hours. And said, "Hey guys, I'm." I got in a little got in a pinch and we ran our, our, our plans for Friday and Saturday hunting in North Carolina fell through any guides, any hunting service, any outfitters, any private land any public land y'all know about shooting my way up because
1: we want to make the best out of our last week in the duck hunting and then so what happened after that is I't I, fo- I didn't follow you at the moment. Right, and so, um, and I know of you, but I didn't follow at the moment just because I got I got a lot of stuff going on. Hey, no need and to explain. I got someone to send me a direct message and said, Anthony, you are in North Carolina. Can you do this? And this is a big, big hunter fisherman, uh, Chris Baumgartner. He he was like, look, please, dude, do what you can. Work your network, and so. I respond, I talked to Trent from Spring Hill Outfitters, and I talked to Kent Jones from East Coast Waterfowl, as long as as well as a number of my network, a my network. Um, but I, I connected with all of them to see what we can do. And Trent immediately stopped the bus. Trent said, "Hold on, I can make it happen." Yeah. And then I leaned on Trent, and I leaned. I was like, "What happened?" He's like, "Let me just talk to my dad." Mm-hmm. And knowing knowing Trent. And knowing his environment, knowing his soul, and knowing what I met a while back. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, knowing what Don't I met, it's everything that's about you. Uh-huh. So then, after that, I communicated with you, and you can take home from there.
2: Yeah, and um, and we end up hooking up with these guys that we never met before. And Trent says, <laughs> Trent's Trent in Atlanta me, at, Chang's, yeah, yeah. at the airport. Trent <laughs> texts me says, my, my dad my dad, Don, he's a cool cat. <laughs> Which I love how your dad rides in the truck. He's got his left left leg cocked up here. on the air <laughs> conditioner. I was like, bro you a cool dude, bro. Seventy years old, cocked up like anyways. And he welcomes us into this duck camp, not knowing anyone. And I said I said, Well, you know what? Like, I, I make a good living off of social media and, and a lot of social media is like kind of bullshit. You know, I mean it's not there's a lot of like not too cool, not yeah.
0: good things that come out Why of we're it. On that? If you followed my dad on Facebook yet? Yeah. Huh? Have you, <laughs> have you added my dad on Facebook? No, yeah. not on don't Facebook. Noise. Okay, don't do that. But I'm just saying. my
2: my point is that like. That like my my whole network and circle of people came together to hook me up with Anthony, which hooked me up with Trent and yep. Kent and his dad, Mr. Don. And I'm telling you what, man, like I feel like I have made friends for a lifetime <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, we yeah. got to spend the last twenty four hours with your dad, dude. We're like he's awesome, yeah. We're in it, bro. Yeah, like me and like, like me, plan, and Mr. Baby. Don, we're tight. Well, but I mean it, it was just an, an incredible display from from my followers and Anthony's followers and everything everybody that's about. Spring, Spring Hill out, Outfitters yeah. that, you know, like just supporting each other. Yep. And we got put in a little bond, bond that wasn't our fault. We We yeah. were prepared. We came... Stacked with hunts and ready yep. to go and, and to up, yep. a, a plan fell, B plan B yeah. plan fell. And, I, and <laughs> So I, and we're I, like a
0: I, E or F plan. No, but but we're, well, so we're yeah.
2: here. We're here at <laughs> Green here. I have a ball. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. having a good time. Right? If y'all were an outfitter, <laughs> I, I would have hired y'all and because because what I get here yeah. is so much more
0: than yeah. I could have gotten any oh, yeah. type of album. No, it's good, yeah, well, it's good uh, stuff. <laughs> we talked we had an episode two weeks ago with VPC Lanyard's Wesley Vaughn and and talked a lot about networks and relationships and, uh, and, uh, uh talking about how we were in, uh, me and a few buddies of mine were flying home from ATA the week before that, a week of that, that podcast. And, and, uh, to have folks were in New York were so much different than folks in Eastern North Carolina. And I feel like we around this area, uh, focus on these relationships and friendships and networking. And, and my dad, I am very fortunate in my dad, uh, who, Rides with his leg cocked up. If you ever see my dad riding through uh, anywhere in Johnson County, or Eastern North Carolina, it's going to have that leg cocked up just oh, like yes. this. He's going to have it on the going on, on, on the left side. Going He's going to drive one speed. It's, it's fast. <laughs> my dad's truck uh, has one speed and it's go. Uh, but he's going to have his leg cocked up. But uh, he taught me a long time ago through his business experience about networking and relationships and friendships. And I feel like us in Eastern North Carolina. You know, we kinda have instill we all have that same kind of motive and it's always important. Uh we talked about our trip in Kansas and this trip here, how important it is to meet new people and and uh interact and fellowship and friendship and it's uh what it's all about. We always talk about taking it outside and, and uh we love coming to Hyde County and and uh doing our hunts here and 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 eating good and and fellowship and doing all the stuff but it's all about just the the fellowship and and the friendships and and uh i'm excited to have you guys here we're excited to be here uh yeah first time in hyde county y'all's first time in hyde county and and the podcast our first time we talk about green wing hunt camp a lot and here we are uh recording the episode which is pretty cool for me uh not to get emotional i'm not gonna start crying or anything but sure. it's pretty cool i might sure? cry a little bit but okay. no it's uh but to have the podcast here recorded at hyde county is a very special place for my dad and me and and our family and and uh it's cool to be here it's what we all that's what we're all about here is uh meeting new friends and old friends and and uh fellowship and so just, i tell you it's what, awesome, this, this is
2: my first hunt on the east this is my first hunt on the east coast so All y'all folks on the East Coast, y'all got Hyde County representing hardcore for y'all right now because it's good hunting, good people, good food, and, uh, you know, there's really no place in the world I'd rather be
0: right here than East North Carolina. Well, we, uh, (laughs) our 45-minute podcast is now reaching uh, one hour, 20 minutes, and a little bit, so uh, we're going to wind down, but uh, thank y'all for being, we could literally, every episode we do, I could talk. All uh, all day, in this case all night, but uh, it's a pleasure for y'all to be here. I will say just a few minutes uh, before we wind down about Green Wing Hunt Camp. We talk about it a lot, and y'all are here. This is the, what we call the party room here. I'm going to give you a quick tour. Uh, this is the party room inside Green Wing Hunt Camp. This is where we have, we have big groups of 10 or more. We host uh, groups out here and eat. We have a fireplace and a TV and uh this is what we call a party room at green wing hunt camp of course this is a picture here uh which is a pretty cool picture this is actually something that uh anthony got from inside the cabin and brought out here this is uh my dad this was i think 2009 if i'm not mistaken but uh 2008 2009 all my dad uh his college roommates and all their kids we were all here and we killed a pile of ducks um, and that's what we're going to say. We're going to leave it at that. But we killed a pile of ducks that day, and uh, pretty cool picture that we have inside the cabin on the on the mantle. And this is a special place to me. Uh, I was in Kansas and got home late, late last night, and slept for a few hours, and worked today, and and came down just to be here with these guys, and and uh, always enjoy a special time at Green Wing Hunt Camp, East North Carolina, Hyde County. We love it. And, uh, glad y'all could be here. Yeah. You you from you from you I'm, 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 I'm
2: blessed. To, I'm blessed yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah. No, it's a, great. got a appointment, you know? I mean, Thank uh, you. no no
2: coincidences here, so. Well, it
0: kind of happened. It's funny. Things happen always kind of, you know, like your whole everything. Happened you're here kind mm-hmm. uh, last minute and, and by happenstance, but we're here and, and, uh, and, uh, glad y'all were here. You and your buddies and, and, uh, Anthony and, and Josh Marks, the decoy manager, uh, he was chef. Uh, he was the official <laughs> chef manager. of Todd County until tonight. And he got demoted from that job. Uh, we got a new chef here at the cabin. So Josh got demoted, uh, just decoy manager. But he's uh, still happy to be here. And, uh, of course, Joel's Bless here. You, Josh, Joel's here. Kent's coming tomorrow. And the whole crowd's here. And, and uh, so that's what it's all about. We got a few more days of season to last Saturday. And we're going to make it as good as we can. So, uh I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank, awesome. Trent. Thank you, yeah. buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you all for it again. being here. As always, find us podcast on all major podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you rate, review, give us all the love. If you like it or not, I don't care. Still, just give us five stars. It doesn't matter. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spring Hill Outfitters, Taking It Outside, TikTok. You can find us. Interstate 95, Exit 101. Uh, right in the middle of Johnson County. East to west, north to south, or right in the middle of the state for the most part. Combine, see us at Spring Hill Outfitters, springhilloutfitters.com. Make sure you visit it, shop with us, buy all the stuff. All we the can stuff. Buy some new, nicer microphones next year, maybe. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> shop with us at springhilloutfitters.com. Thanks to these great, awesome guests that are here. Check them out. Social media, Complete Outdoors. Yep, Complete Outdoors. And Chef Jean underscore Paul J E A N and all Paul. the ducks Chef Jean
1: Jean Jean Paul Chef
2: Jean spell, spell all the spell that. J-E-A-N
0: underscore Paul <laughs> oh, Okay, so for all you folks listening from North Carolina, bring it. Uh, follow these guys on social Get it, media. Old son. They love. Uh, they're they're now they love Eastern North Carolina. And we love them. Happy to be here. We're gonna sign off and go inside and hang out and. Uh, go to sleep hopefully maybe somehow the next four or five hours you know your
2: dad made cinnamon rolls at 10 30 last night Shut he up. goes hey you like cinnamon rolls i said at 10 30 <laughs> cinnamon rolls you don't like cinnamon what rolls. The hell? that sucker turns on the Yo son and I was, he, <laughs> he breaks open that pillsbury over the counter i said this dude's making cinnamon rolls. He's like, I'm in. We all eating cinnamon rolls at 11 o'clock. on yeah, like, ah. I'm in. <laughs> we were.
0: Here, ah. I was in this podcast 30 minutes ago. We were. Here, we were here one night with a store trip. It's probably been two or three years ago. It was one night. It was 10, 11 o'clock at night. And Daddy's like, Are y'all hungry? And I was like, I don't know, Daddy. I mean, not really. Why? He's like, I got a special treat for y'all. A Special recipe. I was like, Well, okay, what you got? He's like, Well, something like a dessert. That's okay. And he opened, <laughs> this is no lie. He opened a can of Pillsbury uh, cinnamon rolls and put them in the pan and put them in the oven and put the icing on them. It was like, Bon appetit.
1: <laughs>
0: this, is special, this is my special recipe. I was like, there's like, <laughs> this can of cinnamon rolls. It's, a, it's midnight. What are you doing? Like, Why are we eating cinnamon rolls? <laughs> so I had no idea. Dude, we, know. We, we we all ate and we were like, "God, guess we'll eat our two cinnamon rolls. And we breakfast <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I guess
2: I'll go to sleep now, yeah, like, but... Oh, so funny. We're done. Yes, we're Stop. done.
0: I got this special recipe. cinnamon rolls. I was like, then it's not a special recipe. You open a can of Pillsbury cinnamon rolls and put them in a pan. And put, oh, it's midnight. It's time to go to bed. We're trying to like sleep. You're trying to keep us awake all night. That's awesome. I'm glad you to told that story. Hey,
1: that recipe's great, boy.
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Hey, no Enjoy it a it. lot. Uh, check these guys out on social media. Check us out on social media. Taking it outside. Spring Hill Outfitters. Joe Gilly Productions. Always Love Joe. Thanks for what he does He's sitting behind the camera Looking uh, Stellar Hiding Joel. behind Hiding behind the camera Man, We always the beautiful bitch, Like he ate love, some ducks Show tonight. love uh, Show love <laughs> for Joe. Check him out as well And thank y'all for tuning in And as always Until we see y'all again next week For about maybe one more episode Probably do one more episode next week Don't forget Between now and then To take it outside Take it outside baby Take it outside